Psalms 115 verse 14, the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. The title of today's message is, what does increase look like? What does increase to you look like? When I started to think about it, the Lord had given me a prophetic word a few weeks ago for myself personally. It blew my mind. And I, it blew my mind so much, um, I kind of shied away from it. He gave me first one night. I had a dream. Woke up in the, in, in, in the thank you, Edie. Woke up, and he gave me the exact explanation of that dream, and I wrote it down. No, I didn't write it down because, like, no, that's too big. Who, who, no, that can't be me. Then the next day, like, he gave me yet another one, and he added to it. So this time it's like, okay, Lord, what are you saying? This is way, way, way too big. So I left it alone. Then he sent me somebody from New York who left me a voice message and said, I see you, and described it. And I said, okay, 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 Lord. The Lord said, all you needed to say is, let it be to me according to your word. And I thought, okay, Lord Jesus. It's just like my mind is reeling from that revelation. I don't know where to put it. Because in my current situation and where my mind is, I can't grasp it. My, I've taught it, I've preached it, but when the Lord now gives me a Rema word, and you know what a Rema word is? A Rema word is beyond a regular word. Um, I'm teaching now, what I'm teaching you is the Logos. That's the Greek word for a, 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 a systematic discourse where it's almost like a didactic teaching where I'm teaching you like in a classroom and so on. I'm teaching you the mind of God, the revealed mind of God. But the Rema word is a word that comes to you from God. It may be as the person is teaching or preaching the logo, suddenly it's like, Perry, I'm visiting you tomorrow and this and this I'm going to do for you. Nobody else can hear it, but you can. And for me, when that happened, it kind of shocked me, jolted me, and I, I believed it like I didn't believe it because it was way too much for my mind to handle. And so when the Lord says, I will increase you more and more, what does that look like? Practically, what does it look like? So yesterday, I was just doing one of my spiritual exercises, and I thought, I better start reaching towards this thing the Lord said. It's supernatural. I can't do it by myself, but at least I can envision it. I can put a picture and images. So I started kind of going online and started to Google some things to look at some images. After looking at one or two, I kind of stopped, and I took a deep breath, and I said, oh, Lord, that is way too much. The Lord says, if you say it's too much, well, I guess maybe it's too much. I said, no, 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 Lord. That's not what I'm saying. It's not too much, but it's like, wow. And I started to try to put a little bit of image and picture and something to kind of match what I think the Lord said would happen. And it, even then, was still too much for me to handle. And the Lord can match and beat your expectation, you know. 
He can. So the question is, what is it that you are expecting? When he says, I will increase you, what does that mean to you? What increase means to you is different from what it means to me. And what it means to the next person out there is different from what it means to me. So I have to put it in context, and I have to um, make sure I receive it. Do you know the word inertia? Does anybody know the meaning of inertia? What does it mean? What, what does it mean? Yes, that's one form of inertia. That is, you keep going in a direction. It's, it's, one, it's the third law of Newton, law of motion. Where it, an object stays and remains in the same spot or keeps moving in the same direction except it is hit from the outside by, by another force. So, that's, so it, a body has inertia when something just sits there. There's energy in it, but it doesn't move. It just sits there. It just sits there. So this box of tissues, if I put it here, it sits there, and it's not going to move unless somebody comes to move it or hit it or pick it up, but it's going to sit there. And that's inertia. It's, there's something in it. There's an energy. It's in there, but it's not moving. And what most of us, and I think what, what struck me when the Lord said those words to me, I found that I had come to a place of inertia. Um, when I was doing the offering message, I wanted to delineate between contentment and reaching for more. Some of us confuse inertia with contentment. Inertia means you are standing and staying in the same position and you are not moving forward. And you are there and you're maybe happy to be there. But most people really, when you ask them and prod them and ask them, they're not really content to be where they are. They wish they had more. But something seems to hold them and keep them in the same spot. And then this word comes, and the word of God, when it comes to you, is supposed to be that force that moves that object that is sitting there. It's supposed to jolt you and move you and cause you to shake you and stop sitting in one spot. Come on, get up. And that's what a prophetic word does to you. A rema word comes from the Lord and hits you like a bolt of lightning and jolts you out of your complacency. And sometimes you have to hear that word once, twice, three times, five times. And then you're jolted. And sometimes you have to hear it over and over because sometimes what the Lord is describing is way beyond where you are. And your mind, your, your, real, your mind, that your natural mind cannot grasp it because it's too much. Your natural mind has the tendency of comparing what you have, your resources, what is in your grasp right now your abilities, your capabilities, compare it to what the Lord is telling you, and it's, it just, there's just no way. When the angel came from heaven and said to Mary, thou art highly favored, and you're going to conceive in your womb, you're going to have a child. Mary had never known a man. She was a virgin. She was a young girl, probably in 15, 16 
marks of 17. She was betrothed in marriage to somebody, but that was all about all she knew about having a child. And now heaven descends upon her, minding her own business, and heaven says to her, Thus saith the Lord, you will bear the child of the most high God, and you're going to call. It's like, what? What are you talking about? Somebody else got a word like that. His name was Zacharias. Just before Mary got the word, in Luke chapter 2, probably chapter 2 as well. And when the word came, Zacharias, when the angel came, he was in his 70s, if not 80 already. And the angel told him, you're going to have a child. And, and, and he didn't believe. And you say, what's the difference between Zacharias, who didn't believe, and Mary, who believed? Zacharias did not believe flat out. He's like, who are you? Where are you from? What are you saying? And Gabriel got annoyed. The, you know you can provoke an angel. The Bible says don't provoke your angel. He provoked this angel. And Gabriel said, excuse you. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and you will be dumb. So for nine months and beyond, he couldn't say what. Well, because God will not allow him to repeat something that will counteract the prophetic word. And then the word will not happen. Because words are so powerful. And if he kept saying, I can't have a child, I can't have a child, then that John the Baptist would never have been born. So he had to be struck dumb. So he was dumb. Because your words are so powerful and you have to receive it. And the Lord said, I will increase you more and more, you and your children. Do you receive it? What does that look like? What does increase look like? There's a mentorship program I keep telling you about. Some of the ladies in this church have gone through it. One of their assignments is that write down whatever it is you believe the Lord will have you do, but now you don't stop there. Go online. They have what they call a binder. I forget the name of their binder, but there's a binder. They're supposed to get me pictures. I want to see... Um, Websites, different, that someone somewhere has done something similar. It's not the exact same thing. Why? Because we want to put pictures, images. You want to get closer and closer to what God told you. So my question to you this morning is, what does in, when God says he increases you more and more, what does that look like to you? I don't want any more kids. I got two. I'm done. If you tell me increases to have one more child, uh-uh. <laughs> but that may not be your story. To you, that may be the increase. What does increase look like? So it's time now as we're wrapping up this year. And depending, remember, our lives are in phases and seasons. And the Bible says in Daniel, he changes the times and the seasons. I am so mindful of this time in which we are. That's why December 31st, if you cannot make it, make sure you're joining online. But you have to be. Because there is a changing of the God in the realm of the spirit. 
and there is a flipping of a page and a decade has been flipped over and a new one, there's a new page. And there's an anointing that comes with the times and the seasons when they change and you want to be there. It is crucial for you to receive that which the Lord is dropping at the beginning. When Elisha and Elijah were walking, Elijah was being taken to heaven. See, I'm going out of my notes again. Elijah was being taken into heaven. And Elisha, his servant, insisted, I am going with you wherever you're going. And Elijah turns to Elisha, what do you need from me? He said, I want a double portion of your anointing. And Elijah did not say, you cannot have it, but he said, it's a hard thing you have asked. You have asked for something real difficult. But he says, if you see me when I go. And the Bible says, as they're walking and walking, several distractions came. First, the sons of the prophets came and started laughing at him. Do you know your master is going to be taken away from you today? And he's saying, okay, well, whatever. Then he goes there, another distraction. And he keeps going, though. He, but his master had told him, if you can see me. So he sticks himself and his gaze and everything on Elijah and said, you're going nowhere. I will see you as you go. And everything tried to distract him, but he stuck with his master, Elijah. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, chariots of fire comes. They come from heaven, and one particular one came and swoops Elijah. If he was not paying attention, and this chariot of fire, horses of fire with a chariot, and it swoops and sweeps Elijah. And all of a sudden, Elijah has been taken into heaven. These are real facts. I'm not giving you a mystery, fable story. This happened. And it sweeps this guy. But Elisha caught it and saw it. And he screams, my master, my master, the chariots of heaven. I see you. That's what he's saying. I saw, and the minute he says that, Elijah's garment, his cloak, drops from that chariot to the ground. It dropped. He saw it. He got the anointing for the next season. You want to be alert, you want to be present. Spiritually, there's something about to bust. Please be spiritually present in the season. I know there's a lot of eating. There's a lot of, you know, partying, gifts given, gift wrapping, shopping. It's, it's, it's the signs of the season and we should partake. I'm not saying don't do that. But I want you to be spiritually alert and awake. Job 29, verse 3. Oh, thank you, Lord. I can go back to my notes now. Job 29, 3. When his candle shined upon my head, in King James, I want to read it. 
in King James. When his candle shined upon my head and when by his light I walked through darkness as I was, verse 4, as I was in the days of my youth when the secret of God, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, the secret of God. That Hebrew word secret is sod, S-O-D-E, and it's translated intimacy, consultation. When I was able to consult, Job was lamenting here that one of the, his, he, he, he just felt, you know, out of place, out of sync. He was poor. He had sores all over. He lost everything. And he was lamenting. He said, oh, that I could be like in the days of my youth when I had the intimacy and the consultation of God. In fact, one of the translations is the word divan, D-I-V-A-N. Is it pronounced divan? It's like a couch. It's like a psychologist's couch that you lie on for psychotherapy. There's a couch in the psychotherapist's office, sometimes a psychologist's office, and you lie on it and you're telling her or him your issues and they're, they're helping you think through it and talk through it. That's that word there, the couch. He said, I, oh, I wish like in the days of my youth when I had the intimacy of God, the secret of God, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, there was a reason why he was longing for it. Because when you are there, God starts to tell you things to come. He starts to reveal to you things that pertain to you, your future, your business, your family, your marriage, your children. It is a place of deep consultation. And Job was able to find it. And that's why he was the richest man that was living at his time. He looked around, he looked at his poverty, his loss and everything, and he said, oh, oh, that I could be as I was in the days of my youth when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. Child of God, this is a season. Make sure you find a place of intimacy. It's about to drop. Something is about to drop and you can only get it if you seek him. So when you say increase is coming, what does it look like? You will find it on that couch. On that couch where you lie down on that couch and the heavens open and the Lord starts to pour into you your future. Your immediate and distant future. And that which concerns you, your spouse, your children, he does this. I am a living witness. He does it. But also he wants to talk to you about you, you yourself. This is not the time to be flighty and superficial. This is the time to have, you don't have to be all deep spiritual, but this is the time when you wake up in the morning, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And he may speak to you. He will find a way to speak to you in a language and in a way that you can understand. If you are able to speak in tongues and you have the ability of speaking in tongues, this is one of the better times to do it. During the day, different times, just pray in your spiritual language. And watch God start to unload on you. 
It's about to drop. That mantle, that garment is about to drop. And you want to be present. The secret of God upon my tabernacle. Now, when we say there's increase more and more, one of the things you have to understand is that you're not there yet. Contentment is one thing, but increase is another. You're content. We already took time to establish that during the offering message. Contentment, you're thankful, you're grateful, not complaining. You have an attitude of gratitude for all that God has done for you, all he's doing, whether it seems enough or not, you're content. That's contentment, but you must reach. You must reach for more. You have to have that mindset that you have not arrived. Philippians 3, verse 12 in the Amplified. Philippians 3, 12. And I'm going to read all the way to 14. Not that I have now attained this idea. Philippians 3, verse 12, Amplified. Amen. Not that I have now attained this ideal or already been made perfect. But what does it say? But I do what? I press on. The Lord jolts you and says to you, I'm going to increase you more and more. And you're saying, Lord, it's okay. I don't need more. I'm fine. And he's saying, no, I will increase you more and more. I said, Lord, that's all right. I, I, I can't work harder. I, I can't do two more jobs. Um, the Lord didn't say to pay for it. The Lord didn't come to tell you to figure it out. The Lord just came to tell you what he wants to do. It has nothing to do with your capability or skill set. Where you went to school or where you did not go to school has absolutely nothing to do with your gender or your skin color. Nothing. Has nothing to do with what age you are. If the Lord tells you, <laughs> the Lord comes to Abraham at age 75 and says, I'm going to give you a child. Come on now. 75. 75. It's like, Lord, I was 40 once. What were you looking at? What were you doing? So please, when he says, I want to increase you, don't be arguing with him. When something flashes through your mind and it looks like that might be increased, then you say, oh, that's just being greedy. No, 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 no. He said, I want to increase you. Accept it. And so Apostle Paul is saying, I have not attained this ideal. It is not that I have now attained this ideal or have already been made perfect, but I press on to lay hold. Press. Everybody say, I press. That is, you're going to push through every obstacle. And you're going to get your increase. I press on to lay hold of, grasp, and make my own. I don't want to just hear this. I want it to be mine. Lay hold of, grasp, and make my own. That for which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold of me and made me his own. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration, forgetting. Everybody say forgetting. Forgetting what lies behind and straining. Straining forward to what lies ahead. 
Child of God, your life is not over until God says it's over. Stop looking at your age. What has age got to do with it? Age is a factor only if you make it a factor. If God doesn't make it a factor, who has spoken when the Lord has not spoken? What is their business? Why are you listening to naysayers? They are irrelevant to your future. If God wants to give you that, strain. Strain forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. That's the attitude we must have. Increase more and more, I will get it. I'm stretching for it. I'm reaching for it. In the King James Version, this is I like it. I've memorized it over the years. Philippians 3.13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. So every accomplishment of this decade, this decade that we're rounding up, forget about it. Assume that it didn't happen. I know it's going to be a stepping stone, a stepping platform to your next level, understood, but don't sit around it and do, have a party around it and do your, you did graduation party now, you're going to do it again. You did your 50th birthday, then you're going to repeat it. No, 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 no. We, okay, we've done it. Thank you. Praise God. Let it go. Everybody say, let it go. <sighs> do it like this. Let it go. Thank you. 2019? That decade is over. Now I'm reaching. Rich. Okay, everybody stand up. You're too comfortable. Let's reach. Do your best to reach. See yourself in the realm of the spirit. The Lord has it for you. It's just right here, but you're a little short of it. Just reach. Stretch. Reach. Pull it to yourself. Let's do it one more time. Reach. Reach. I'm reaching. Reach. The increase. I'm reaching. I'm pulling it to myself. Amen. You may be seated. When you get up to pray, can you feel his anointing here? That anointing is resting on you to reach. Reach for it. I will increase you more and more, you and your children. Reach. What does it look like though? What are you reaching for? What does it look like? What does it look like? Remember the story of Abraham. Read from Genesis with me. Genesis chapter 11, verse 27. As this year is, is wrapping up, I'm hoping that as you sit on that couch with the Lord, you'll have a book and a pen, and you start to write what your increase looks like. Nobody, you don't need to show it. Let it be as wild as 
possible. No one is going to mark your script, and you can't out-imagine God. You really can't. <laughs> There's nothing you imagine that he cannot beat. So why not just let it rip? I just tell myself, let it rip. Let's do it now, Lord. Can I? Yes, you can. All right, Lord, let's do it. And then you go for it. Write it down. And in Genesis eleven twenty seven, the Bible says this is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. So Terah was the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Let's go to verse 31. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son, Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So in verse 31, the Bible says he took Abraham, he took um, Sarai and, you know, Lot and so on, and they went. But actually, that journey from where they were leaving in, um, in all of the Chaldees where they went to Haran, God didn't tell Terah to go. If you go to Acts 7 verse 2, God actually told Abraham, God told Abraham to go. Acts chapter 7 verse 2, Brethren and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he, he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. Mesopotamia is, is where they were in all the Chaldees. He told Abraham. Abraham must have told his dad and said, Dad, you know, I was sleeping last night and there was a voice, and he seems to be the God of heaven, and he told me to leave my father's house. You know, actually, if you look at Genesis eleven thirty one, 31, the Bible says, uh, sorry, Genesis 12, 1, the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country. Watch what God told him, 12, 1, Genesis 12, 1. Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. So he went and told his father. And the father said, eh, get out of your father's house. No, we're all going together. Everybody, come on now. We're going to wherever <laughs> Abraham is going. God, didn't, God told him to leave his father's house. Not go with your father. And of course, because Terah did not hear from God, when they got halfway there, he didn't have the energy to go. He just sat down there. And he died there. After he died, God came back and said, okay, now, can we now go to where I wanted to show you? And um, that inertia catches you when you go halfway. You don't feel like going forward because when they were in Haran, they got everything they needed. So if it were based on being able to get more food, more money, build more houses, have, you know, just a big corporation, he got it in Haran. But something was pushing him on the inside. It's like, no, I want you to go somewhere. And so when God is saying, come with me, I want to give you more. It's not about you now. It's no longer about you. I think Abraham misunderstood. Because if, if, if he had listened to God, they wouldn't even have lived in Haran at all. He would have just gotten his bag, packed it, taken his wife, not Lot, because Lot was an add-on. They should have just gone and done what God said. So 
So it probably added more to the number of years that, you know, Isaac came. Just do what he told you and go. But he told his father. The father took the whole clan, took everybody and their dog and cat, took everybody. And then when they got halfway, the father said, I'm too tired. You know, I'm too old. I can't really be going on these long trips. And so they stood and stopped in Haran. But this is a point where you have to ask yourself, what is the Lord saying to me? And whenever you answer that question, what increase looks like, I want you to, this is the last thing I'm going to say, put it in context. Always put it in context. The context, I want to warn you, put it in context of the kingdom of God. Over the years, we have taught increase and increase. And people will run with it. When you ask them what increase looks like, suddenly it's time to move to California. Suddenly it's like, no. He may want you to move to California. That really may be what he wants you to do. And it may be now. I'm not saying he, he doesn't want you to. But always remember, number one is his kingdom. God will not make you walk contrary to the direction of his kingdom. Now, he may put, take you from this part of his kingdom and place you in another. But you will know. Because wherever he's taking you from does not crumble when you leave and he plants you elsewhere. God doesn't do that. God is a master planner. He has his body in tip-top shape. If he wants to take a lieutenant from here and move into another part of the army, he has already raised another lieutenant to take up that position. It's not that the lieutenant wakes up money and says, increase, increase, increase is in Bangladesh. Okay, we're going to Bangladesh. So what of your post here and all the soldiers reporting to you? I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about that one. I guess God is going to have to take care of that. Excuse you? What army operates like that? If the Lord speaks increase to you, if he wants to relocate you, he will not crumble his, his army in one area to go build up his army in another. It's not God. You can't convince me. So I'm telling you now, as you settle down, as you start to put together, what does increase look like? Make sure. Make sure that in the middle of it is, Lord, this is your kingdom. This is my post. This is where you've placed me in your army. It is an army. Jesus is our, what's the topmost general? I don't know army language, but the commander-in-chief. Thank you. There are four stars. There are all kinds of stars. But above all, and he has it well thought out. So if anything is moving and is not working well, the thing is the Lord will replace you. If you decide to go, he will replace you. That's how God does. That's why I'm very careful. <laughs> I'm very careful. I want him to replace me. But if you will not listen, he will replace you. So be very careful that the, what you call increase is increase that does not jolt the whole army structure, the structure. When a private that is being trained to take on whatever the next place is not ready, but you have moved. 
So now we have to make do, make do, make do, make do, make do, make do. And, that, and the enemy attacks that body, uh, attacks it, attacks it because you stepped out of your post. No, that's not increase. And that part of the body will suffer, but you two will suffer. We both will. All of us will suffer. So that's not increase. So when I say, what does increase look like? I don't want to plug that because that's not the whole point. I want you to settle down and start to imagine. What does God have for you? It's probably my last message this year on this pulpit. That's why I'm pushing it. What is he saying? What is it? Don't party right till December 31, 12 midnight and have nothing from God. Because then you get into the next decade just like that. Why? You have all the time to do it. You don't have to spend days fasting. Every five, ten minutes, fifteen minutes in the morning, just say, Lord, I'm listening. Have your notebook. Be writing. Come December 31st when we're all praying, you have something. Say, Lord, this is what I think increase you've been telling me looks like. I put it before you. Now you make it happen. And then you take your hands off and you, you're free to go. Amen. All right. Finally, this morning, Habakkuk 2.2. What does it say? Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run that reads it. Verse 3, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Write it down. Whatever he says, write it down. Can we stand to our feet this morning? Did you get anything from today's message? It's about to drop. Are you ready? <laughs> Hallelujah. Lift your hands to heaven. Oh, reach out to our Father as we reach and pull it in. That increase. He said more and more. Increase more and more. You and your children. Your loved ones, not just you, all around you will be increased. Oh, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, you promise you will increase us more and more. We believe it. We are going to lie on that couch and have some intimate moments with you. Speak for your children are listening. We are listening, Lord. We are listening. What does it look like? We're not afraid to embrace it. We are forgetting the things that are behind and we are pushing and reaching. We believe. We believe your word. Thank you, Jesus.
Father, in faith, we, your children, get ourselves ready for the end of this decade and step into another one by faith, not in fear, by faith, excited about all that you're going to do. We will start this decade and we will end this decade in faith. We will be alive to see the end of yet another one. 2029 will still be here, Lord. <laughs> Glorifying your name. <laughs> Magnifying your name. Say, look where he brought me from. He promised and he did it. We will be given testimonies of your faithfulness. We will be given testimonies of your goodness. New children would have been added to us. New businesses, new careers. And for the ministry, new churches, new ministers, new pastors, new disciples, new believers. Father, we see increase. We see increase. And we are excited. And we embrace it from afar. For you are the architect and founder of our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.